You're listening to the Thread Wellbeing Podcast, where we speak with new thought leaders about their sole purpose. We acknowledge the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is put together on. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past and present. Today's inspiring conversation is with Kuma Brenda Mohala Ignacio. Welcome all to the Thread Podcast. Today, Kat and I are extremely honoured to introduce you to the beloved and wonderful Kumu Brenda, who is a renowned and treasured Hawaiian elder. Kumu Brenda, please introduce yourself. Aloha, everyone. I'm so honoured and so grateful that you're talking to the elders with your new podcast and I know that just by virtue of your respect for us elders that you will just invite so many blessings into your home and to those who are listening and I might say ahikimai no oko hikipu no meke aloha now that you have come love has come with you so aloha mai aloha mai Aloha my greetings, 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 welcome. Thank you, Kumu. What a beautiful way to start our podcast. And Kumu, I'm obviously very blessed to know you and to have the honor of calling you Kumu. But for our listeners, could you please explain what Kumu actually means? Yes, certainly. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in Hawaii, um, People who are called to do certain healing endeavors in the world um, that are invited by the elders, um, study with them, they're embraced, they're invited, they're invited, they're watched, and the elders have a, a sense of intuition that gathers students, and a student Uh, will follow that elder, will study with that elder until such time as they're deemed um, responsible and trusted to carry on the lineage, at which time they gain uh, certain titles. Haumana first, student, and then um, Kokua next, which is like a class helper, and then Alaka'i, which you have earned in my teaching, Teresa, um, and then Kumu. And you're not, you don't take the name Kumu, you're given the name Kumu. And it is a teacher. And it's a teacher of, that has earned great respect. So Kumu is like a master teacher uh, and one that's entrusted with the knowledge. Wow, what a beautiful description. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, this is all new information for me that I'm loving hearing how eloquently you're saying them as well. It is, so, can I just mention, it's so, so beautiful to watch you two con- connect over the screen as well, obviously being Kumu and Alaka'i. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa I, has been with me now uh, for quite a number of years. And um, she has uh, 
by virtue of her loyalty and her dedication, she has, starting as a Haumana or a student, she moved into Kokua, which she helped me. And then <clears throat> at one of the conferences that I taught at, she showed me that she was, I could totally trust her with responsibilities, which then means that she is an alaka'i or someone that, you know, could could carry out. And our goal, of course, is that once I transition, or as we lovingly say, cross the rainbow, um, that I will leave with her my knowledge and I will trust her with it to keep it pure and to keep it authentic. That's Alaka'i. Kimmy Brenda, uh, yes, I wasn't expecting you to share that, um, but <laughs> thank you. Oh, that's I, so I was... bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's been something <laughs> treasured very closely and dear to my heart. But uh, as Catherine uh, shared, and, and I'm sure to anyone who's watching this right now, they will see the absolute love I have for you um, and the respect that I have for you and for what you represent and your journey. And as I began to know you, I know that you were on a very different health journey as well, which we'll connect to later. But I do recall at that time, um, just this awareness of this unconditional love for you and a yearning to just want to stay connected and learn and share and feel this connection with you. So. There is definitely this uh, beautiful connection that I feel blessed with the tapestry of life and how it has connected us together. Uh, please also share with us though, because this is really about you and your teachings and your sharing. Share with us your full name because that, your full name needs to be honoured uh, in the pronunciation um, and, and in, in all levels of your name. I, I absolutely adore it. Please share with all of, all of us listeners on, uh, on the meaning okay, of your name. Well all right, uh, Kumu Brenda. My mother named me Brenda. <clears throat> I was born in a tiny, tiny village on the big island of Hawaii and on the Hamakua coast. And my mother, at that time, only at radio programs, you know, there wasn't TV. And um, she heard a name, uh, Brenda, and, and loved it and decided to name me Brenda. I can't say that I always appreciated being named, which seemed very lofty to a little girl in Hawaii. However, Mohalapua is my Hawaiian name. And this lovely lady right here, Nanaviri, is the one, and she's 100% uh, Hawaiian blood, or cocoa, as we like to say. And she named me a name very often, uh, names are, are preyed upon or asked from the ancestors or the elements when you're born and things like that. So your name has meaning. When Nana met me, and I studied with her for 45, you know, her teaching, 45 years, probably older than either of you. But anyway, um, <laughs> That's why I'm a kupuna. Okay, so Mohala Pua. Mohala Pua. Pua is a flower. Mohala means a flower 
that is continually unfolding, that is shining forth as a light free of fear and being very clear in thought. So Mohala is pithy, you know, it's a really big responsibility. And at the time, you know, I said, oh, am I worthy of such a name? Oh, yes, you are. And so sometimes you're given a name that you grow into, you know? So Mohalapua is not just a name, it's a quest to become clearer in thought to shine forth more, to continually unfold. Yeah. What a name and what a, what a description and what a beautiful blessing to be given yes. that name. Do Thank you, you feel like you, you still are that flower that's evolving and continually, yeah, learning and, and reaping and yes. is that still very alive in you? Yes, very much so, Catherine. And you know, all of us, all of us seem to come into this world uh, as pure little beings, full of love and full of trust and full of life. And then life happens, right? And so when we get to the point where we can feel our worth and own our worth, that's when our names become. And so it took me a while to, um, and Nana used to always, Nana Viri, always used to tell me, Mohalapua, you have no idea all that you are. And just that statement ruminated for a number of years. Wow, am I really, you know, could I be more, could I be more? And then you get to a point as you get older, that you own your worthiness. And then you recognize that we are here to learn. We, we never stop learning. And I, like the rest of us, I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I'm still unfolding. I'm trying more than ever to shine forth. I'm trying to learn and listen so that I'm clearer in thought. So yes, that name is, is active. It's a verb. And it's such a beautiful name, Kumi. Like it's such a name, like, and knowing you and seeing, seeing your journey and, and watching that and understanding your name. And as you just said, you know, it's this constant blossoming and evolving. Um, you mentioned the word kapuna. So some of our listeners may not know what kapuna is. <clears throat> Um, if I may ask you to share what Kapuna is, and then also perhaps your lineage, the island that you were born on, yes. um, and, what, and what your life journey um, and purpose has been in your okay. work. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> a Kapuna is an elder. A Kapuna is an elder. Generally speaking, it's so funny. You know, you know this, Teresa. In Hawaii, the minute you get to be like 40 years old, they start calling you auntie, right? Auntie. The first time somebody called me auntie, I was like, oh, wow. I'm not old enough to be your auntie yet, you know, but auntie. And then comes, you know, kupuna. Um, it's an elder. And um, I think around the age of 70, 
we truly own that title. And, uh, and that's when you are a true kupuna at about age 70. So I'm eight years in <laughs> and um, I was, Keiki Oka'aina means a child of the land. I was born in, like I said, a tiny village on the big island of Hawaii near Waipio Valley, which is a very, very sacred valley on the big island. Um, <clears throat> and then um, very much attuned to nature. And let me just say that how much I enjoyed listening to your podcast with Jim Stone and Sarah and Jamie. And I must say that Jamie spoke much of the same language, you know, that I would speak. And so my grandmother was my first beautiful teacher and how much she loved nature. Oh, she loved nature. And, and then we moved to another tiny little village uh, mid between uh, Waipil Valley and the volcano area. And there I picked up more of Hawaii's simple life, no big buildings, just simple, all about nature, all about, you know, our Lokahi Triangle, where we learn to revere a higher power. Uh, we learn to love unconditionally uh, mankind, people. We learn how important nature is and to love mother nature <clears throat> in equal, equal portions. So as a child, I learned number one, to know that there's a higher power, whatever you wanna call it. I learned that people, that we were all one, and that we need to be kind and treat them with respect. And nature was very important. And nature served us. We didn't serve nature, you know. So that's how I was raised. And then we moved to the island of Oahu. Um, my mother's health necessitated us moving to the capital city for better medical treatment because she was somewhat allergic to colds. And believe it or not, you know, you know, you've been to Mauna Kea. Um, we have snow on the Big Island, you know. So we have an active volcano that's blasting forth hot lava. And we have Mauna Kea, the highest mountain from the bottom of the sea in the world. Kavena, did you know that? It's the highest. And there's snow every year. so. It was a very, very rich childhood and rich beginning. I will be forever grateful to have been born to where I could, in fact, respect and live that wonderful triangle, which brings us power. So if we revere a higher power, if we revere one another, if we revere Mother Nature, we gather mana, M-A-N-A, -A, mana. What is mana? It's spiritual power. It gives us power. And, and then carrying forth, we have to be pono, P-O-N-O, -O, pono. What is pono? Pono is always telling the truth and always doing what's right. Now, that may seem simple. That may seem very simple. 
And I know that for me, it's simple. I know that for you, it's simple. I can only assume that for Catherine, it's simple. Um, and that's truly such a simple philosophy. And with that, I grew up with values. Hawaiian values are so important and, and kindness. And you know, the Hawaii that I grew up in had absolutely no prejudices. We're a mixture of all these races and it has given us such a rich life. You know, our food, every ethnicity food we have, you know, and, and Hawaiian food and Portuguese food and Japanese food and Chinese food and Filipino food, Polynesian from Samoan food. And we just grew up in such a loving atmosphere. And so that has made it somewhat of a challenge to me being from Hawaii, seeing the world stress, seeing the world discord, the hate, the anger. Anger is so debilitating. And it, if we get up smiling and grateful and loving, and then we, we get angry and allow ourselves to express that anger, it takes away all of our mana. So it's not worth it. <laughs> so, you know, in, in our school, uh, Lomi Lomi Aloha School of Hawaiian Healing Arts, um, my class uh, chant, shall we say, but because of uh, challenges I had with my voice box, I can no longer rip it like I used to. However, um, <clears throat> I will tell you what it means I love it so much. And it's um it's ikekahi ikekahi, which means one consciousness connects us all. And I heard Jamie so eloquently say the exact same things. He connected all the countries, all the ethnicities, and that's a, that's why I say we speak the same language. When you and I were in Cherokee, North Carolina, where I last taught, we were blessed to meet First Nation Cherokee people. And what did we discover? They saw and they felt our love and our respect. They invited us into their home. They invited us to come. They danced their beautiful First Nation Cherokee Indian dances and they chanted. And what did we do? We shared our Hawaiian chant and our Hawaiian hula, which is Hawaii's way of expressing our hearts. And so we know that they felt one consciousness connected us all. We're still connected too, aren't we? So it's eho kahi kahi manao. Let us come together and connect our thoughts. Let us come together and join in one heart. Let us preserve and protect the truth that keeps us connected in aloha. Let us agree 
to always live with unconditional and enduring love for one another. That's ikekahi, ikekahi. And I live by it, I teach by it, as you know. And one of the most exciting things for me is, and also as you know, Teresa, um, when one has studied with me, they become my family. And when I hear that someone has done Ikekahi at the Grand Canyon, when someone in Siberia has said this Ikekahi chant over their beautiful lakes in, in Siberia, when I hear that they're using it in Japan, it just warms my heart, you know? Because Hawaii has a truth that can help the entire globe. And the fact that your Waiapa people are coming forth and sharing their beautiful philosophy and the Maoris in New Zealand are coming forth and sharing their indigenous philosophies. Oh, how I pray that we can all bring this forth and put all the noise aside. That was absolutely beautiful. And so there, there's all of these ideas that float around about connection and, and how you've just shared it's every, everywhere around the globe. And from what I was getting from you speaking, it's such a gift and an invitation as well and an exchange. And I'm interested, you, you mentioned um, Hawaii has a truth that can really help the world um, in this moment. Could you speak a little bit more to that? Yes, of course. Thank you for that. Um, well, the thing of it is, it's kind of hard to explain, you know, Catherine, because Hawaii, when, when you say Hawaii, and I've traveled quite a bit, immediately people expect kindness. And, and it's like the hula, you know? What got me into body work was, was my love and my lifetime dancing of the hula because it communicates our heart and it communicates our soul essence. And so why is there actually more Hawaiian uh, hula dancers in Japan than exist in Hawaii? Because there are no borders with that feeling. There are no borders with that heart song. So the hula, for example, even in Russia, when I taught hula after our massage classes, they're dancing, everyone in Russia is dancing the hula now. So that tells me, and they're all doing Hawaiian lomi lomi massage. They want it. Why? Because they can feel it. They know that it is, in fact, as you say, an invitation to come together. And so, yes, Hawaii, when Hawaii touches a country or a people, it's embraced. And it's because they can feel it. You know, I used to represent the state of Hawaii 
in in tra trade shows for the um, tourism and i was national sales manager for meetings and conventions to hawaii so at one such trade show um there was a magazine writer who came up to me and said you know i don't know what the big deal is about hawaii so you have blue skies and you have aqua water ocean and you know swaying palm trees but we have that in florida and we have that in mexico and i looked at her and oh that felt sharp you know it felt sharp and then one of my ancestors said probably nana said to said to her through me then you have not touched into hawaii spirit okay she was quiet Couple years later, I was at another trade show and I had forgotten her face basically. She came up to me and she said, I'm that travel writer that told you that Hawaii was not unique in any way. And I wanna tell you that I apologize. On my last trip to Hawaii, I got off the plane in Kona. And the one thing about Kona is you don't walk through a, a, the tubes from the airplane. You actually go down the stairs to the tarmac. And she said, I stepped down those stairs and when I put my foot on the ground, it hit me. I felt it. And so she thanked me. And you know, for me, that was also educational. That if you go with an open mind and an open heart, you know, uh you will feel hawaii spirit it is real it is powerful and i think when 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 i have been in situations where there's been discord um i have often asked how come angry people talk to me wherever i go they talk to me People in, in the supermarket will ask me for recipes that I, people I don't know, or they'll tap me on the shoulder and say something. And I called a very respected person in our lives and Kavena knows, and I, I'm crying because I was so moved by the fact that I, that I invite beautiful things. And maybe again, it's proof of my worthiness. And I said, why do strangers talk to me? And the answer was, because they know your heart. And my mother was bothered by this. My mother was shy and people have always talked to me as a child. She said, do you know that person? I said, no, mom. Wow, you and that friendly face. And so for a while in my life, you and that friendly face felt more like a judgment. It felt, you know, it felt like a negative. And it wasn't till years later when I got in touch with my, you have no idea all that you are, then I like my friendly face. Kimi, that sharing is so beautiful. And 
your friendly face embodies the aloha spirit it embodies everything that i have come to love about hawaii and, and, and truthfully you know there is such unconditional love that comes from you and, and obviously now knowing your beautiful beloved um, mm. I, which I refer to as Papa Robert, but you know, our, our wonderful Dr. Robert Gore, uh, there is such a beautiful connection that both of you embody. And it truly is that aloha spirit that connects. And I think for me, when I have gone to the islands, I have always felt like I've come back home mm -hmm. and it's just this, it's the oneness and it's, but it's a collection. It's a collection, the collectiveness of its people, of the land, of the aina, um, of the elements of understanding the stories behind like there's such a beautiful strong lineage and tradition that happens in Hawaii that's respected um, to this day and there are stories that are, are shared and when you understand when you when you can actually see it unfold in the hula like when I've seen you dance hula you know you bring me to tears because you you embody the essence of spirit you embody the essence of your aina, of your land, but you have this beautiful and beautiful connection that it's you embodying spirit through dance. And you. everything that you're sharing about the smiley face, you see <laughs> that when you dance, there is nothing but love. And I, and I know when, you know, for our listeners, they can actually go to, to YouTube and watch you dance Imagine at the World Massage Festival last year, which was so beautiful and so important for all of us to, to be guided to that. And I think I'm going to actually, I will put the link to that footage underneath oh, this podcast because Kumi, that's a beautiful one. But would you like to share about Hula um, for you and, and what it means for you? When you dance, yes. Hula. Um, yes, I, I will. Um, you know, as a child, um, <clears throat> I was very blessed uh, on the Big Island where uh, in our village, my, my grandmother, uh, her yard was so expansive and beautiful with flowers and fig trees and all of this. And when I was little, I remember so clearly um, spending time lying on the ground. And you know, Jamie talked about sitting down on Mother Earth. I totally agree with him on that. In fact, Teresa, Kavena, when I come to Australia the next time, I must meet these people. We have so it's much done. in common. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But uh, more than sit, I used to lie, lie on the ground and look up at the beautiful sky and the clouds. And I felt so connected and expansive and I heard music. And so at the age of six, my mother um, had me start learning the hula. She comes from a very musical family. My mother was one of nine, and they all could sing. I had an uncle that was actually quite well known as the singer. Um, but music has always been so important in my life and represents peace and harmony, you know? So, <clears throat> age six. 
I started dancing the hula. Now, if you have a bad day, say, and you put on a song and you start dancing, there's no way, there is no way that you can be thinking about world problems, politics, anything outside of this is the truest expression of who I am. And hula is a language of love. It's a language of love. And our King Kalakaua, who passed in 1891, was a huge lover of music. And he traveled, you know, we were a monarchy. I know you know this. Uh, we were a monarchy in Hawaii before Hawaii was annexed to the United States. And um, he traveled to the Royal Court in London and shared, and so brought back European waltzes. There's a palace in Hawaii, the only palace on American soil, Iolani Palace. And there were these beautiful balls, you know, with Viennese waltzes, and he was very, very worldly. King Kalakaua said that music is the expression of the heart, and it is. So for me, music and dancing the hula has always been a way that I could communicate love. Um, many, you know, we all learn in different ways. Some learn by reading, they're very visual. Uh, some learn, you know, by hearing, they're very auditory. And some learn by the kinesthetics or the feeling nature. When you do the hula, you combine them, you know? So people who are visual enjoy the dance. People who are auditory love the song. You know, people who are kinesthetic can feel, they can feel what you're depicting like sign language. So it's a pretty, potent <laughs> uh, expression of life and, and it's love. And um, the hula is, is what led me. Number one, in, in life, we all perhaps, I don't know anybody who doesn't, we all have periods of sadness or grieving and the hula is uplifting. It's better than a pill. <laughs> it's better than anything. Um, and so it has served me very well in life, you know, it, it can express love, it can express sadness, but with love, it can express triumph, um, right now, for example, and I know you know that I danced a song about Mauna Kea on the Big Island, which is our sacred mountain, and one that my dad's ashes are, where my dad's ashes are. So it's very important to me. Uh, and as a child, to think of snow was so exciting. My dad would go up to Mauna Kea, which was not easy for us, uh, and bring me snow in a thermos bottle. You know, and here, oh, big deal. So um, right now, Mauna Kea is being challenged by people from the outside who want to build another um, large, very, very large um, telescope, 
way too big, way too big. And already this sacred mountain that has so much mana, so much power that we have always loved and cherished. There are so many from different countries. They can build it anywhere. They want to build it on Mount Kea. Um, our people are saying enough is enough. Okay, so did I use anger? Uh, no. To express my feelings? No. I used, as you may recall, and I continue to use uh, a hula sacred to me called the beauty of Mauna Kea. You know, and, and the words are gentle. The love is obvious that, um, you know, uh, my friends and I have often walked, you know, the trails of Mauna Kea, you know, and in the evening when we come home, she's still standing there. And I may travel and go far, but I will never, ever forget the beauty uh, of Mauna Kea. She stands beside us, you know, uh, when we weep, the, the clouds move around her, you know, when we sleep. And it's just so many songs in Hawaii are written. In fact, I can make a comparison that I think is kind of cute, actually. It's not one of judgment. In Hawaii, songs are written almost every day. I don't know of any other place on earth that has so many songs written, praising nature, praising flowers, praising people, praising forests, praising, you know, everything. And in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, you know, the country western music will say, oh, you know, she left me again and, you know, stand by my man and don't take this away and, you know. Well, my my honey, being a southern boy, knows so many of these songs, you know, and they're all about sadness and, and loss and cheating. But you know why? They're all about love and embracing and birds and music and flowers. So it's, um, I like to express whatever I'm feeling through a positive hula. And, and it's what led me Nana told me, your life purpose will be to use your hands. And I remember my grandmother wanting me to massage her earlobes. You go figure, earlobes. But I think in Chinese medicine, that's pretty acupuncture, I think. Yeah. But anyway, she loved it. And then my hula became more my life expression up to a certain point. But in 1975, Nana said, when I, she, we started an Aloha Sunday and I danced songs where people had tear ducts healed and stuff like that. And they would write me notes and thank me. And I would say, oh, I didn't do anything, you know. But Nana said, no, your hands. And so my life purpose now is to teach, as you know, uh, Hawaiian healing using the hands however more the philosophy the history and the cultural aspects that make your hands touch people in the right and sacred way 
I am resonating with so much of what you're saying, Kumu, because um, I used to dance a lot and I grew up dancing and I used to teach dance actually. Oh, and Yeah. And then it, I was very, very blessed because I had my very first hula lesson um, probably about seven years ago. And so what you're what you're sharing i'm picturing and i'm i'm feeling back to that memory and even when you were sharing about um how hula can be expressed through different events as well i remember when pele was um erupting and and her lava was was continuing i watched this beautiful video of these hula dancers behind so they were in the front and you could see pele's lava and they were dancing to her. And mm -hmm. I just thought such a special and sacred spirit. Everything that you're saying, I'm, I'm really grateful to be listening to it. I'm not surprised, Catherine, because you know what? You look like a dancer. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I, I totally agree with you. You know, like when COVID first happened, I made a playlist that I needed to listen to at least once a week to just dance out and just feel good and, and yes. dance for happiness and dance for positive. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's so Kavena uh, said, um, next time I come to Melbourne, uh, we will have a hula class, which I did before, but we're going to expand on it. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, we have a plan, Catherine. We have a plan. And we, have a plan. <laughs> we have a plan. We have a plan. Because truly, Kumi, at the moment, you know, there is such a need to connect and, oh, and through totally. and movement, you know, um, our bodies need to move that stagnated energy and to be able to, to move in such a way um, that hula allows to connect mm -hmm. to the music and connect to spirit um, is really healing on a greater scale. When we are dancing and we're in that connection, then we know healing is taking place. And I think all yeah. of the work that you do and all of the work that you share um, allows for healing. It allows, mm -hmm. it, it, you are the vessel of that healing to take place. And it's a communion between source and the person that, that you actually you know, have worked with and, the, and all of the students that you teach. Um, you know, I have been blessed to see you teach Lomi and to see the connection you have with all of your students. And there is, you have made such a difference to the way they view massage, to the way that they now I view. I hope so. I think we could probably say, I know so. Okay. Well, you know, as you know, uh, I bring with me when I teach my five pillars of aloha, uh, five different expressions, and I call them pillars because they're the strengths behind me. Uh, they have loved me and entrusted me to share the knowledge that I share. It doesn't all come from my not, you know, po'o, my head. It comes from years of being with the elders, years of listening, years of watching, and, you know, years of observing. And one thing I want to say about hula, and then I, I want to touch upon ho'oponopono, but what I want to say about hula is that no one, but no one uh, is unable to dance. 
And interestingly enough, I've had women come up to me in tears and say, I, I want to so bad, but I've got two left feet, or I wear glasses, or my hips are too big. Really? <laughs> you know, none of that matters. None of that matters. And dancing the hula and learning the hula, I am not um, one that would say, you stepped wrong or your hands are wrong. Because to me, teaching the hula is teaching personal empowerment. And how you express your dance is you. You don't want to dance like me. You want to dance like you. So I will just encourage you and get you, you know, excited about how you express what we're doing. Now, in Siberia, in Moscow, when I taught <clears throat> hula, I had to, <laughs> this is, I had to only one thing. They learned the motions beautifully, but their face was so solid in, I don't know what, no expression, <laughs> none. So that's because life, depending on how hard life is, you can have this stern expression. And in hula, that's the only thing that I would correct. I say, come on now, get into your inner child. Remember when you were a child and smiling and happy and trusting? So we go there. So there's a lot involved in empowerment in hula. It's not just learning a dance. It's getting in touch with who you are, getting in touch with your flower that you want to bloom and having fun, you know, having fun. Now, in life, so many people have trouble letting go. And as you know, and you, you've spoken about this recently, and we've all read about this pregnant pause that we're in. What a beautiful time. What a beautiful time. And I think you also posted something about what if the darkness could be the womb? and we can all be reborn. Uh, it's true. It's absolutely true. This is a beautiful pause for us to get in touch with how we move in life, how we feel, what we allow to hold us back. And also, you know, about the bowl of light and all. I never go anywhere without my little bowl of light and the rocks, you know. So these, this is anger, you know, this is jealousy. So we're born with this perfect bowl of light and then we get angry and then we get jealous and all these things. And those are like rocks on top of our light and that the light goes out. Then we walk around heavily on this earth. So um, that's one part of what, what we learn. What then can Ho'oponopono do? It means making right. Ho'opono means making right. Ho'oponopono means making right more right. You know, we could just say Ho'opono and that's it. Ho'oponopono is like bringing things back into alignment, um, uh, handling conflict, its resolution. And um, Papa and I, um, have really loved this exercise in Ho'oponopono to help people 
release that which no longer has any purpose in their life and that holds them back. And we have what we call the Akka cord. Anytime that we have things we have not resolved with someone, that gives them the power to, to still affect us and, and our growth and our feeling free. And so say you, somebody did me wrong and today I'm angry because I remember somebody did me wrong. And that person is happily skipping down some street whistling a happy tune and who's suffering? So why do we want to learn how to forgive? Because it serves us, it serves us. And it's something we give to ourselves. And so the Hawaiians knew this and Ho'oponopono has gained, shall we say, popularity, uh, but it's really a very beautiful thing that was practiced more, even like Lomi Lomi Massage, it really was just within the families. It was, it was kept secret and it was not shared why. If you really pay attention today or go on YouTube, you will see that people have taken it, diluted it, changed it, modernized it, uh, Hollywoodized it, <laughs> and, and added things that are not pure, not authentic, not traditional. And so <clears throat> Ho'oponopono follows a certain um, procedure of discovering, bringing, in fact, I've done it with large corporations. I've done it with church boards. I've done it with one person, done it with two people or a group. It works. It really works. And as a Ho'oponopono practitioner, um, we have to listen but not take sides. And we have to allow the process to have them here or have the, the dissension out there and then work through it and then apologize and let it go and cut that connection that doesn't help. And as you know, also as part of our classes, uh, after I invite the students to think about those things that they have not forgiven, um, and then at the end, when they thought about it, and then there's a period where they can write it all down and ask forgiveness and give forgiveness. And then after class, you know, they crumble it up. It's none of our business. And we burn it. If we can burn it as a group, we do. If we can't, we, are, we take it and we burn it. Poof. To free them. It's so powerful. And I don't know if you remember this. Um, no, I know you remember this because you're part of I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, we took from one class, we drove from North Carolina to South Carolina, and our team uh, went out into a, a secluded beach, dug a hole in the sand. We threw all of these exercises into the hole and we lit it and what happened when it was done all of the ashes 
were a perfect heart. Remember that? I sure do, and I was hoping you were going to share that. Yes, oh. Kat, I'm looking at Kat's expression. That is where you know there's something greater taking place. You know, and, and if anything, even now, even now, how do we use our time? Uh, are we using our time complaining about things being shut down? What good is that going to do? Are we using our time worrying? What good? When was the last time worrying helped anything? Anything? Or are we going to trust? Um, are we going to know that today is today and yesterday is gone? Let go of the past? Um, one of the things that um, I did and love to do um, are vision boards. And I believe in them. So if you have time on your hands and you're just on Facebook getting angry and answering people that don't agree with you, you know, you're paddling backwards. But I, I'm just going to, you can't read it, but I'm going to show you my last vision board. It's big. Hold on. I'm going to do it like this. <laughs> did you see it? <laughs> we did indeed. <laughs> oh, okay, so, you know what's fun? Just grab a bunch of magazines, get up scissors, turn the page. Oh, that word, you know, Catherine used the word resonate. That word resonates with me. Cut it out. Oh, that picture strikes something, like cut it out. And then you know, get these little envelopes of all your cutouts and then get yourself a board. And what I, what do you want to create? If you're in the womb and if a new world is coming, why are we worrying about the world ending? If it ends, it ends. We did our best, but I don't think so. So I put goals, self-esteem, creativity, purpose, uh, abundance, reflection, health, relationship and uh, gosh all things and then of course on the bottom I always put a big thank you and why because I expect it I expect it and so this is a fun exercise that everybody can do you know what's your passion oh guess what my honey just brought me a an artist easel and I used to paint, and I think I would like to do it again. So just create, 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 and, and be grateful every day. You know, I always say three things a day. Write down three things a day that you're grateful for. If you start doing that, even if it's a coin in a parking meter, even if it's a rock on the ground, if it's a feather, if it's a shadow through a tree. You love sunsets and, and sunrises. Write that down and you'll see how that starts to change everything. Then the virus will no longer be the headline, you know? And also reach out to people, reach out to your elders. You, you know, you have a beautiful mother and father 
Kalena. And uh, just a call, how are you doing? Or drop off groceries or get creative. And you don't want to lose your elders that have so much to share with you. So take care of them, be kind to them. In fact, just be kind, period. <laughs> Kimi, 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 <laughs> you have shared so beautifully and so much wisdom and things that I didn't even think we were going to touch on in this recording. I thought I will say that, but no, you were guided to share the beauty of what you do in such a way. Um, and I know with your vision boarding, and I know that you've inspired me. However, I haven't put a thank you at the bottom of it. So I, I'm taking that away from what you've just shared. And I know um, the manifestation with your own vision boarding, even of just in the last few months. Uh, and it's so inspiring to see that you're doing that. You also touched on Ho'oponopono. Um, and that is so important. It's important at every part of, um, every stage of our life. It's an, mm -hmm. an integral part of our own healing. Um, and obviously now um, it's, it's even more crucial because I think what's happening for a lot of us is that shadow side, that side that we've often neglected is, ha is having a time to resurface because yes. we're, we're stuck. Um, we feel yes. stuck and we can't run away from anything because we've got nowhere to go. So it's right. a time to address some of those issues. Right. Um, I love the way that you and Papa Robert have done Ho'oponopono in the past and I know on your last visit in Australia you held some sessions. Is there an opportunity for our listeners to be able to connect to you and to have an online Ho'oponopono session with you and Papa Robert? Would, would that be okay if we linked in um, some details below and had people connect with you directly to have a session? Yes, of course. You know, right now, uh, this is our first Zoom, by the way. Um, and thank you, because a new trick is wonderful. Uh, it's our first Zoom. So, um, you know, we are getting messages uh, for Ho'oponopono on Facebook Messenger, or we're getting phone calls from former students, and we have already been engaged in being there. And as you know, Papa is just really a beautiful, beautiful vessel, especially for those who have not had a uh, uh, a father figure in their life or they've had um, <clears throat> a male uh, power that wasn't all positive or absentee parent. Uh, I tend to um, love to, to empower those who have not had the feminine energy. Papa is a gem with the male energy and we would be honored to help uh, people um, release, renew, refresh, you know, uh, we would be honored. But of course, seeing someone and looking in their eyes is so much more beautiful and helpful than just hearing, you know. The gift of this time is that connection isn't lost if we truly see that and the blessing that you gave us earlier with that connection prayer also highlight or the blessing also highlights that that zoom is allowing us to connect 
and that yes. you can still feel the essence of the lower spirit here just on this call and in this recording um it's crucial and you and papa robert together as a union which we'll talk about your sacred yeah. union on the next visit um okay. Is it okay if we call on you again are we allowed oh let me think about <laughs> that no let me think about that sure there is so much i you know on the next recording i'd love for you to share about your health journey um, the key elements on your health journey, yes. the key elements for you and Papa Robert uniting. You know, yes. there's so much that can be taken from that. But for today, as you said, we have in a mixed plate. This has just been a I mean, goodness gracious, I have so much to <laughs> share. I have 78 I years. <laughs> well, um, I want to just sincerely thank you. You know what's nice? Me. What's nice is that, you know, through what you girls are doing, uh, I just had another, you know, listening to Catherine, I have another connection to want to come there. Listening to, you know, Gemstone and Jamie and Sarah, I'm like, wow, you know, uh, there's so many wonderful moments that we have yet to claim. Yes. You know, so many wonderful connections. And honestly, I don't think it's an accident, Kavena. It is not an accident. These are divine appointments. They're bringing light beings together. They're bringing excited beings together, loving beings together. We're needed. We are so needed, you know. We have work to do, girls. We sure do. Absolutely. We have work to the, do. That's what the thread is is developing as well. And that's, yeah, that's that's what it is. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I just also want to say thank you so much. The message that you've been sharing today is so sacred and so special. And Thank you. It's, I've just loved, loved hearing from you today. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And my precious Kumu, I am so honoured that I get to share you now on this platform with all of our listeners. You are such a treasure. Um, I know my heart is always full when I connect to you, even if it's just a small little message <laughs> or it's, it's together um in you're fun to play with but i'm really grateful that you, you have spent this time with us and that our people our brothers and sisters from across the world are getting to connect to this marvelous kumu kapuna treasured elder beloved friend and with thank that you. I thank you for hearing <clears throat> thank you for inviting the elders into your lives because we don't stay forever and we we would love to share before we graduate you know so good i'll be in for more sharing where i get it <laughs> <laughs>